Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience, and today we're joined by Sarah Thurman, artist, author, and creative coach, founder of Axe18 Blessings. How's it going today, Sarah? So good, Jared. Thanks for having me on today. Excited to have you on. Um, I would love to just kind of start things off in traditional format and get a feel for just your elevator pitch uh, on who you are and what you do. Well, I'm a, I used to say a new artist, but October will be eight years that I started painting. I was 56 years old and I'd never painted before and never considered myself an artist. And then my life changed. I was retired. I w- had been a school principal, central office administrator. And about four months after that retirement, I found a whole new life. And that's the life I'm living now. And that is one of being a professional artist and a mentor and also now an author to write my story, to write my memoir of becoming an artist and then of encouraging others and their journey of realizing that they are too creative and realizing that they are creative and that they too can discover their unique pathway of creativity, just like I did. I love that. It's kind of like the the classic uh, KFC uh, story where, you know, the founder of KFC didn't start like he was already in retirement before he, uh, you know, decided to start his business of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, Sounds like you had kind of a similar journey. So I I guess kind of take us through what what actually led you on this path. Was there any like trigger that said, you know, this is this is my new life? Um, You know, what what, what was it that drove uh, this transition into art after you retired? Yeah, well, interesting enough, I had said as far away from me as I could push, there's no way I was an artist. I wasn't born an artist. I knew other people that were artists, but there was no way that I would ever be an artist. And truly, there was a stirring in me and some of my friends in my little local town here in Central Texas uh, were gathering to paint and create really as an act of worship with God. And they invited me to join them. And we were doing this on Tuesday mornings. And uh, this was October of 2014. And so the first week I started painting with acrylic paint and big pieces of roofing felt and the tears were flowing like something deep was getting awakened. Uh, And it wasn't tears of sadness. It was just, there was just emotion that was raw that was coming out. And it was new for me in this manner of creating. The second week, I heard in my thoughts, a whisper, I would say from God. And he said, in my thoughts, I heard him say, you are an artist for me. And I said back to him, there is no way. I have no idea what I'm doing. I felt like I wasn't even a two-year-old with painting. I didn't know what I was doing. And I felt I heard him back uh, to say, hang out with me and I will teach you. And so I have a strong faith and I just believed God at that moment. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to start painting every day. So I did. And my skill set definitely improved. And I did that for about two years of just painting. And in the meantime, I was writing a book about my journey of becoming an artist. And the name of the book is called Small Beginnings, A Journey to the Impossible. So in this 
this book, it's my memoir of becoming an artist. And the foundation of this book, of this, the scripture that I believed as well, was really instruction from God to Zerubbabel. This is found in Zechariah 4.10, one of the minor prophets. And God was telling him to rebuild the temple and he was overwhelmed with it. And God's words to him were, do not despise your small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And so I held on to that verse and I was like, okay, I am so small. Like I am taking tiny little baby steps. I'm not hardly even a toddler at this point in my painting, but God is happy that I am taking these steps. And that is how it got started. And there was such a feeling inside my heart and in my spirit and my soul that was being awakened. And I fell in love with this daily time of creating. Uh, this was, I started this in, in October of 2014. By April of 2015, I'd made a determination to commit to 100 days creating with God and journaling it and documenting that journey. And after I did that, I didn't really want to stop. I kept going. I think that particular time I went 126 days. Then I took a little break. And then beginning of the next year, I started doing it again. So for two years, I painted. And near the end of this two years, so we're pushing it at September of 2016, uh, my son and daughter-in-law were living in Central Asia. And my husband and I went to visit them. And we were in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. And my son said to both of us, mom and dad, we should be praying the kind of prayers that are impossible. The ones that there's no way they could be answered unless God does it. And I was so embarrassed to even tell my husband or my daughter-in-law or my son that I had written a prayer in September of that year while I was in Ulaanbaatar that I wanted to paint and sell small, medium, and large paintings to give out, uh, to, to have money to give out to people in need all over the world. We returned home back to Texas on November 1st. And I was painting immediately when I got home. And I painted an 8 by 8 angel on a multicolored background. And I posted it on Facebook, not to sell, but just, you know, share my life. And one of my friends here in my little town wrote me and said, Hey, can I buy that painting for my grandmother? And I was like, Yes, I think I just sold a painting. And that was the start of uh, me selling. I probably sold more than 1,600 paintings, maybe 1,700. Honestly, I've lost track. I do number the paintings uh, every year. Uh, my The year I painted the most paintings was 2018. I painted 645 paintings that year. And this year, I'm like at six... I'm sorry, I'm at 265 paintings this year so far. So it's not a race. It's just... I'm in the flow, then I paint. Wow. So then my painting started selling <laughs> and my impossible prayer was now a reality. And I was very overwhelmed by that. I'm like, I could not, I felt like I was a two-year-old, uh, that my paintings were extremely primitive. I had no color theory going through my head, but yet I was hearing God and I was producing um, and I painted a lot of angels. I still paint a lot of angels, but I paint florals, abstracts barns, churches. Um, someone this past week asked me, would you paint my horse 
And I was like, no, I don't know how to paint that. And um, I am pushing myself. And in a few weeks, I'll be going to North Carolina and taking a two-day self-portrait class in oil. I've never done that. And so I'm stretching myself to do that. Um, I always want to keep learning. But I also have been told by many professional artists, don't take too many classes from other people. Sarah, you have your style. And I'm we're so afraid you would lose your style by listening to someone else. So this past weekend, in fact, I went to paint live at a store in a, a nearby town, Fredericksburg, Texas. And, you know, I sold over 50 pieces of my work last this past weekend. I was painting live in a women's boutique called Loca on Main and uh, just meeting my customers. And, you know, I'm very faith-based. So I was able to pray with some. And I now have written five books as well um, that I just, and I'm working on my sixth book. So yeah, it's it's been a journey that I never thought I would have been on. And some people say that you flunked retirement, Sarah, you know, because I was a school <laughs> principal and central office administrator. They like, well, you flunked for sure. Um, I do work hard, but I enjoy it. It is my passion. And I would say my number one passion, Jared, is to help people realize that they are creative. I truly believe every single person is. And it may not be with a paintbrush or with a pencil, but it may be in the kitchen or it may be in their garden or it may be with the way they decorate their house. And certainly creativity and relationships, which I think is the core of who we are and our relationships and our gathering and you know our meeting together, whether it's even for dinner, you know, that there's some creativity that goes into that. And we are made to be creative. It's really where we come alive. So I've discovered it. And now I want everyone in the whole world to discover it. I love how you you kind of turned a passion into a profit for a purpose. Like yes. you had something driving yes. you, which uh, is so cool. I don't think that we we don't encounter these stories all the time. Usually there's like an economic or a profit driver that comes mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess uh, could you maybe tell us like you, you went from non-artist to six time book author. Yes. Like yes. that's that's a that's a lot to cover. And I'm sure it flew by for you. But like I'd love to understand um maybe like kind of the beginning portion of that journey. You mentioned that you just were documenting, you committed committed to documenting that process. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that contributed? Yes. So I really believe in documenting your journey, like taking pictures of wherever you are. And you may think there's no way this is no good. I'm just going to wad it up and throw it away. But I believe if we would take a picture of it or even save a few to see, wow, I have grown so much since that very small beginning because we have to start somewhere. And I really ask people to, to hold very very tenderly and very beautifully, their first thoughts of their small beginnings. If they start having a dream, then hold it, write them down, and then try to mesh in their purposes with those dreams. Which of those dreams would align with the purposes that you have? And so writing the book helped me so much, Small Beginnings, A Journey to the Impossible. And let me just tell you a little bit about this book. I had started selling my artwork in late 2016. And in the summer of 2017, my husband and I were camping in the mountains of Southern New Mexico and dry camp 
camping, meaning we had no electricity. We were just out in our little camper. And I heard from God again, very clearly in my thoughts. It's how I hear him. It's in my thoughts, not an audible voice. You need to write your story. And I said back to him in my thoughts, I have just started selling. Like I'm too busy painting. I don't want to write. And he said, I want you to write. And I said back sort of with my hand on my hip, God, if you want me to write this story of my journey of becoming an artist, then you need to tell me what to put in this book. And we were in a quiet place. My husband was over in our little kitchen area reading and I had my journal in a different part of the camper. And within three hours, I had my 12 chapter titles for the book, which then became Small Beginnings. And the first chapter is Dream the Impossible. Dream, And the second chapter is, you know, determine your purpose. And so I said, wow, okay, I'll just keep that in a notebook. And I didn't write because I was busy painting. And the next year in July of 2018, I heard very clearly in my thoughts, it is time to write right now. And because of the play on words, I knew that would not have been my own thoughts. It was too clever. And I knew that was right from God. And so I started writing and I told my husband, we went back to New Mexico. And in the two and a half weeks or so we were there, I got 20,000 words started on that book. And the book ended up being about 35,000, I think self-published through Amazon KDP. And the book came out then in June of 2019. And that book has the 10 steps that I follow still on any new endeavor that I would take. And I also encourage it. It works. Encourage it for encourage using the steps for anyone else. The last step is actually during the book, uh, during that time when he was downloading for me, I had 12 chapters. As the book finalized, I put 10 chapters in sort of melded two together. But the last chapter is called hold it all lightly. And what that really means is you just hold it out and some things may fall. It's okay. But what is meant to stay and what is meant to be done will continue to be held in your hands. And important part of this, of my journey has been to find your people. You have to have people going along with you. You cannot do something new by yourself. You can start it. And as artists, we really, I love my alone time, but I have to have people speaking into me and encouraging me because it's too lonely. So about my painting, I'll say that I write left-handed and I've always written left-handed, but I paint right-handed and I use a palette knife because I really despise cleaning brushes. Now, when I do use a paintbrush with actually the bristles, I use my left hand most of the time, but most of my strokes are with a palette knife held in the right hand. It is my preferred hand. And I really believe this was a gift from God that he awakened it, um, that it had been asleep. There's no way I would ever pick up a pen or pencil with my right hand to, to write. But I picked up that palette knife and I paint preferably with my right hand. I want to go back to where you mentioned finding your people, because I think that's such a crucial element of starting any type of whether it's a passion business, a profit business, whatever it is. Can you tell us more about like what that meant for you, how that translated into like, I guess what your business is today? Yes. So um, finding your people 
Again, we cannot walk alone. Um, and if we do, we are going to get stuck. So we need people to help speak truth into us. And honestly, not always say, oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. But no, give us some critique to help us be better. And so we have to be confident enough in our own abilities to say, I really want some feedback here. And then to build a community that helps us encourage each other all the way through. So in my first little inner circle were those nine women that I met with in October of 2019. And one of the women in that group named Judy, who is a dear friend of mine, um, still, uh, she is, she said to me, your work will be in galleries. And I looked at her and said, there is no way, but she spoke that over me. And she is one of my best cheerleaders. I still meet with her. I try to meet with her about week, once a week to just receive encouragement from her heart. And her career is a licensed professional counselor. And so that has really helped me. She is one of my people. Another important person in the beginning was my friend, Anne. And I just speak of Anne with a lot of emotion today because Anne believed in me and she helped me. She was an art teacher. She always did art. Uh, and we would, she would come and we would do art together here at my house and take over my husband's woodworking studio. And, you know, we were doing a first assemblage uh, before I started painting and just speaking. And I would show her a picture of, you know, do a FaceTime with her and like, I don't know what else to do with this piece. And she showed me the magic of a chicken skewer stick, a wooden stick, dip it in paint, roll it in paint, and then use it as a paintbrush. Of course, it would be with my right hand. And that I do that on nearly every single one of my paintings. It's like the final thing. And Anne is the one that taught me that. And I just speak blessings on her right now. Her journey has changed. 11 months ago, she had a, a stroke that has affected her greatly. And um, she's learning to paint with her left hand now. She was right-handed. But when I spend time with her, she's still in a rehab center. We I put the paintbrush in her left hand and she has the same marks as she made. And she's a published author and uh, artist, professional artist. So many, many paintings. But there, you know, Know, what happened with her was there's been a change, you know, in her uh, capacity to be able to paint every day due to her stroke. So, wow, you know, that's only made it even more tender for me that when we go along our way and we find these people that want to join us in our path, we need to appreciate them and we need to encourage them. And like, it's a two-way street. Moving forward to COVID, finding your people. I was recently listening to a podcast about artists and how COVID was so extremely hard for them, uh, becoming even more isolated. But I was reflecting like, actually, it wasn't for me. I found more time to paint, but I had also created a community starting in 2020, in May of 2020, a few months into, into COVID. And I started a membership through Kajabi of creatives. And we meet every Monday on Zoom 
Zoom and I do retreats. And now these girls are all across the United States, one in Africa, one in Canada, but they are now starting their own circles. They are now putting things out in community, in their own communities. They are starting their own creative groups and we're coming together um, in September for a retreat here in Texas. And like seven of them are teaching classes for me on that will be options for the people at the retreat in the afternoon. So I still have a few places left on that. I don't know when this will air, but um, yeah, they could email me at sarah at sarahthurman.com if they're very, if they're interested in that retreat at September, it starts September 8th through 11th. So this idea of finding your people, you have to, you have to. And many times they will say to me, I have found my people. I've been searching for someone like you. And we, it's just so beautiful. I, I we're made for relationship. And when we do it alone, we are going to not be as healthy mentally, spiritually, or even physically uh, to do the work in front of us. And when we have community, we can go so much farther. So you have, I actually want to go another layer into this and talk about the people that have ultimately kind of become your your customer base. You've sold hundreds, if not thousands of paintings. You've now sold e-courses. How did you find your audience? You mentioned that you found someone local who you Mm -hmm. kind of discovered the economic viability. How did that grow into what it is today? Well, I I have to really say that it's come from God. He has sent me people. Um, But a huge base of mine has been painting live in this little women's boutique, which I was there this past weekend. Fredericksburg, Texas is a big, uh, it's a big little vacation. It's a getaway spot for a lot of people in Texas. They'll come from Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas. So they come for the weekend and here I am painting in a boutique and I was painting on the sidewalk for quite a few years and people would walk by because the store was so small. Now the store has quadrupled in size. So I get to paint in air conditioning now and plenty of space, but I would get their emails and I would give them a chance to win one of my little paintings if they would give me their email address. Now we could not always read their email address, their handwriting, but they had this opportunity and then I would share their story. And those people have continued to buy from me. They will, if they see something on my Facebook, they will, you know, say, Hey, what do you have right now? And I recently, uh, just a few months ago, got into a little store here, a little gift shop in my local town of Wimberley. I have been in galleries in in my little town before, but that was pre-COVID. And honestly, I preferred not to be in competition with other artists in a gallery. Uh, What I found is that my art is unusual in the fact that it's quite primitive and against, you know, the fine artist, you know, it may not be picked up, but in the locations of where I, where I sell my art, it is. And now people want a piece of my art. If they come to my retreats, they're going to buy a piece of my art because they want to take me back because it's very connected because it's part of me. And I have a story for every piece. And, um, another big part of my story, two and a half years, ago, my husband passed away 
unexpectedly, I want to say unexpectedly, that he had had some heart issues. So he had a major heart attack and he passed away on January 19th of 2020. And he was my partner. He framed um, in the year 2018, he framed over 400 of my 600 and something paintings. And he said, you're painting faster than I can frame. And so I started then doing gallery wrap. But because of that pivot and of me realizing I have to do this by myself, I don't really enjoy shipping and I would rather sell in person or I would rather have a store sell my painting so I don't have to do shipping because he did all my shipping. So um, I'm still working on that. I don't really have too many sales from my website because I don't really have to ship. (laughs) Like, come see me, you know, come see me, come to my retreat or, you know, go find me at these places. But I believe that is an avenue that I need to develop a system that maybe every six weeks I would have a Facebook live, you know, art show and they just, they're numbered and already have the pictures and they sell like that. But I haven't, you know, that's, that's still an incubation stage, but these people, they will, they will come or they will see my piece of art or they'll hear my story and they want a piece of my art. And I want my art to be affordable, but I, last year I incubated for six months, a new product. And I don't have them in front of me right here, but it's art cards. It's scriptures with art cards. Uh, So they're in a little box like this. And I have a set of 12 that are scripture affirmations for healing. That was my first set. And I just developed a second set for strength. And they are scriptures that were given to me in the first 100 days after my husband passed. And I journaled. And I that was one of the books that I wrote last year was my own personal 100 day journal about my grieving and then helping other people, things that were helped me, things that did not help me. And so this book is full of that and writing exercises. And um, I'm going to just pivot again here, Jared. I, I want to talk about this, this grieving aspect, what has happened with my art and my journey. I'm now, um, after my husband died in January of 2020, I had to learn how to live without him. And I realized in reflecting back on the past two and a half years, how much I used creativity to help me heal. So right now I'm in the process. Uh, A lot of it is still in my head, but I'm taking notes on developing a new e-course on using five creative modules and processing grief. So um, I look at my own journey and how it, what helped me was one was take a walk. And I consider that a creative process to go outside and look at and experience the great creator's creation, just to go outside, even if it's raining, even if it's cold, like you're experiencing nature and nature brings healing. So that's one of my modules. Another, of course, is painting because that has helped me. Writing, I became a much more confident writer after Wayman passed because I found so much peace that I could put a few words, even a three-sentence poem that would help me describe the pain I was in or the current emotions I I was feeling. And when I would get it written, I would go, okay, wow. Yeah. I feel better. Like that was a piece that I needed to come out of me to put there. And so another is cooking. I won't say that cooking has helped me necessarily with my husband's grieving process of losing him, but certainly with my mother's process uh, when I lost her in 2014, 
because she was the cook. So when I make her cream cheese pound cake, there is so much joy and continued healing. And then everyone loves to eat it. So there's certain recipes. So I'll have that as part of my module. And then let's see, I've got walking, cooking, painting, writing, and gardening. So my fifth module that I'll be talking about is gardening. And I made a new, I, I made a new garden space in my backyard after my husband passed. And I just believe even planting a few herbs or getting a few succulents to help uh, tend and also to look at maybe the person that you, that has gone, what plant was their favorite? Was it the grandmother's African violets? Well, then go get an African violet and take care of it. Now, I won't guarantee that things don't die. They do. But again, it's the process. So I'm very excited about putting this e-course together on helping people recognize that I believe they already are doing some of these creative exercises. And it's only actually been in the last two months that I've looked back and said, wow, you did all of this, Sarah. And that's why you have moved along in the healing process. And now you're ready to help others. I have the exact same reaction of, wow, look at all you've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are a an accomplished painter, a, a, an accomplished author. You're now a course creator. Could you, I guess, just shed a little bit of light in terms of how, like, we always want to know, like, how did Kajabi even come into the picture? You decided this kind yes. of during the pandemic? Uh, no, it was pre-pandemic. So it was 2019. And I am a woman of excellence. I ran school when I was principal. We were the best and uh, I want the best. I'm going to buy the best if I can afford it. And so I did research on different platforms and Kajabi was at the top. So some of my mentors used Kajabi and I just watched because I've been a learner. I am a learner. I'm a teacher, but I'm also a learner. So uh, example, Matt Tommy with Thriving Christian Artists. I was part of his mentoring group and he uses Kajabi. Uh, Jenna Kutcher, I follow her, listen to her podcast, take some of her courses. She uses Kajabi. Even most recently, Jessie Lewis, I'm in her mentoring program as an artist. She uses Kajabi. And, but really Matt Tommy was the first one. And so I looked at it and I'm like, I'm jumping in. And I got a special, I called for the best rate. And I don't know, someone was just generous to me. So it was affordable. And I'm like, it's going to take me a while before I make this money back, but I'm determined to do it. And so my first course that I put out in 2019 was 100 Days Creating with God. It's still there. And um, I've had different groups along the way. Usually the first of the year, I'll have a you know a new set to come. Let's do this. It's a new year. Uh, but it is an evergreen course. I don't ever take it off. I have studied about ways to market it, but it's just like it's there. You know, it's there for you. Uh, it's very simple. It takes a lot of discipline. And that's one of my 10 steps is you've got to create discipline. Like if you want to make some changes, you're going to have to make some changes. And that would be, you know, some discipline. It's not going to happen easily. I imagine that there are a ton of listeners out there right now who are interested in just getting, because Bob, this is a, a audible podcast. They want to yes. kind of get a look at what you do. Um, can you tell us, well, first of all, like what is like the most important thing coming down the pipeline next? You mentioned the retreat. You mentioned, um, I think you have a book in progress. Tell us a yes. little bit about what's coming and like where anyone who's interested can kind of get a feel for what's happening. Yes. Well, uh, I do have a retreat. It's called How Good Can God Be? And that retreat is in um, September 8th through 11th in Wimberley, Texas. Um, I'm working 
working on uh, my sixth book right now. I would like for it to be out by the end of this year. And it's called 27,000 Miles, Walking Hand in Hand with My Man. That That's the secondary title. May get some tweaking, but my husband and I walked every day and we actually did walk 27,000 miles together in our nearly 35 years of marriage. So it's a book about, it's a memoir of our lives together and what worked in our marriage. It was quite an amazing marriage and very blessed and a, a unique journey. And so I want to share that. Uh, so I'm, you know, 20,000 words into that book. Uh, and of course, this e-course that I have that I'm brewing with right now about using creativity uh, to help process grief and or to recognize what you may already be doing. And then maybe adding a little bit more in very intentionally to move along in the grief journey. But I also have art and I have these scripture affirmation cards there on my website. So yeah, you can email me at sarah at sarahthurman.com and it's S-A-R-A-T-H-U-R-M-A-N. And I'll get back with you. I have a website. It's sarahthurman.com. And, um, you know, there's a lot on that website, my books, I, my retreats, I do mentoring. I'm now starting to do grief mentoring and grief coaching one-on-one. I'm a certified grief educator now, uh, with David Kessler and I help volunteer and moderate and tender hearts, uh, because that is part of my journey now. And I want to help others. I can't get it out of my head, but your friend mentioned to you that you truly flunked retirement. (laughs) (laughs) You do a lot. Yes, yes, I do. For anyone who's interested, um, we'll definitely have those resources in our show notes um, so they can take advantage of any of the courses, retreats, uh, your books, any of the great content that you're out there producing. First of all, or I rather to wrap this up, I just want to uh, quickly recap how cool of a journey this was for you. You turned a passion into something that turned into a profit again for a purpose um, that's ultimately led to what sounds to be an incredibly fulfilling life in retirement. Um, with that said, uh, can you, I guess, distill any of this all into like anything that's changed for you as a result of like kind of going on this journey? Yes, I, I'm still in process. That is for sure. But I think where I am right now in the middle of 2022, a little bit past 2022 is to take each day, one day at a time and to to not get discouraged. Again, that same advice that God gave to Zerubbabel, the Lord is rejoicing over your small beginnings. And, you know, many a day ends for me and I'm like, oh, I should have done more. I should have done more on Instagram, which I didn't say. I have a huge, I have a huge social media following. Um, and it could be more, but it's, you know, it's close to 10,000. So I'm, I'm happy with that. But I think, oh, cause I could have done more reels. I could have done more, but whenever we uh, negate or go negative with what we have done or think we should have, could have, would have, then we lose the joy of what we have done. And so that's advice for myself as well. Sarah, well done. Like God is so happy with your small beginnings and, and they seem so, I mean, they're not really small, but now, <laughs> but there's more things I'm starting, you know? So, but to rejoice, like to enjoy the process don't get so wrapped up that I could have, should have, would have done more because then we lose the joy and then we can burn out. So we have to incorporate rest and play and enjoyment in our daily processes and take it a day at a time and enjoy it. Such good recommendations. (laughs) Um, Can't imagine that there is a person that isn't applicable to. 
Um, with that said, um, this is great. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the podcast today, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jared. Well, that's all we have for you this week. We will look forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. Thank you.